What's up, everybody? On this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports, we discuss the Pittsburgh Steelers. Le'Veon Bell and AB have gotten their walking papers. Uh, we talk about the NBA, the Lakers, the, uh, the 10th seed, and uh, LeBron in uh, playoff mode. And uh, we also touch on the All-Star three-point three contest and a dunk contest. So stay tuned and join us on another episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. This is your boy, A. Sitting here with my fellas, Al, and he was good. Everything is all good, man. Well, everything, oh, sorry, everything was good, um, <laughs> but it's due to some technical difficulties on my part. Um, everything is up and running, so let's get right into it. Oh, Gucci. What's that? What's that jigger line? It was all just, just good just a week ago? <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> oh, man. So, fellas, let's get right into it. Let's talk a little bit of NFL. Your boy Le'Veon Bell has been set free. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty. Le'Veon Bell is free at last. Steelers have decided to let old boy go. Have not they decided not to put the franchise franchise tag on him for the third year in a row. And just decided to let him walk. And that was today. And then yesterday, our 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 diva, Anthony Brown, had a sit down with Art Rooney the second. And they cleared the air, so so they say, and decided it was good that both part ways. So now you're looking at a totally different offensive unit for the uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You still got the Rock and Big Ben, and you got Juju man in the outside. You got James Conner. So I guess there's some some remnants of a uh, of what you remember from last year, but two main cogs are gone. What's y'all thoughts? Well, I think it was. Exciting. It's sad to see see it done this way, but I think that um, well, the um, the Le'Veon Bell, I think James Conner's play over you know over the season um, made Le'Veon Bell more and more expendable. Um, if their running game was completely trash and they didn't even get a whiff of the playoffs, then they would have made every attempt to try to you know mend fences and give him his money. But James Conner made that situation expendable. And he's going to hit the open market. He's going to have a lot of suitors lined up. He's hadn't played. He's healthy. You know, no, no wear and tear for one year. So he's raring to go. So he's asking for like fifty million over two years. He ain't going to get that. He's probably going to get a little bit around Todd Gurley's uh, money, which is probably going to be our front loaded. The AB situation that that was. I didn't. I thought that at the end they might be able to work it out, but. Over the last week or so, the more things I heard, it didn't sound like it was. But I think that they just want to have the whole locker room clear. They had the whole Le'Veon Bell cloud floating over their head for the first half of the season. Then now you have the AB cloud floating over that, you know, the head right at, at the end of the season and going into the playoffs. I think, you know, the Rooney's was basically just wanted to be clear of hands of everything get rid of it all. They didn't want to keep AB around and have another cloud over the football season for another season. I think it was probably the best case scenario. Get rid of everybody. You know, run, run with who you got and start fresh. 
Yeah, I completely, I completely agree with that. Um, they just needed a clear start. I mean, it was just too much drama um, from start from that whole year. Um, whether it was Le'Veon Bell and you know or AB, you know, they definitely just needed a clear house and just start new. And I think it's like you said, I agree with you, Earl, with um, Juju and Conley um, running doing the running. I think that they have enough what they need to at least start a good balance off. Um, it's not like they're, you know, you know, don't have no running game or no no top wide receiver. I think Juju will become a top wide receiver going forward, at least for the Steelers. And they believe in him so that they can get rid of AB a, and Le'Veon. So I think that this is good all around. I think that, you know, I think it was smart for AB to talk to the owner and leave on good terms um, in part ways so that it didn't show, you know, any more drama, so to speak. And now they could just move ahead and move on with the rest of, you know, where where the plans are. So I think from a Steelers aspect of it, I think it's a good it's good for them and they just have a nice clean start and just focus on what they have now. Yeah, yeah. I mean like I said last week, man, the Steelers scouting department is like top notch. I think them them Steelers, I, they they just had this knack of just knowing when to let go, and they have jokers to step up and just pick up and and carry on business as usual. Now, of course, you know James Conner is an Olivier Bell. He doesn't give you that that additional uh, that that fear in the passing game that maybe Olivier Bell might bring. But you can't you can't knock James Conner for being tough in between the tackles and getting those necessary yards. So. Um, I think James Conner is only going to get better, and I think he'll pick up some additional uh, some additional touches via the pass game come next season. I truly believe uh, James Washington is the the cat to watch out from to watch out for for next season for Pittsburgh. He was a uh, wide receiver at Oklahoma State and was uh, a Blitnikoff uh, finalist, I believe. I think he actually might have won it, but he. It was kind of blah last season. Like, Roethlisberger called him out a couple times because he wasn't, you know, in the right positions and getting the ball like he was supposed to. But I think this season he's going to come up his own because he's going to have to step up. Because now Juju's going to be number one. You know, they're going to need a number two. And I think I think they're going to be all right. And, you know, they still got – they still have their, uh, their tight ends. So I don't think they're going to be too bad. It's just a matter now is when – when the band is really going to be all broken up is when uh, when Big Ben decides to, uh, have, you know, uh, decides to, uh, to, to kind of take the reins off that owner mentality and uh, ride off into the sunset. So says Anthony. Uh, so says AB, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> with Roethlisberger having the ability to tell people off and all types of crap and don't get no uh, – no repercussions from it. So, but I think it, you know. I'd also think it stems a lot with uh, with it, with, uh, with Tomlinson too. You know, with Tomlinson letting certain players get away with with murder. So I think uh, Tomlinson's going to have to kind of reel it in a little bit and become more of an not an authoritarian type of a coach, but you know, this kind of rule with a little bit of a heavier iron fist than he has in the past. But that's not going to happen. It's not going to change. Tom Thompson is not going to change. Ben is not going to change. And to be honest, I could, I, I, you know, 
AB basically probably was just basically saying what a lot of people was didn't want to say publicly. That's the bottom line. And that's probably one of the reasons why he was just like, you know, why even why would I stay here if it's like this? So like I said before, I think that this is good for both parties. Um, but Le'Veon and Antonio on one side and the Steelers on the other. Now, I agree with you. Maybe there's a chance that that would happen where, you know, things get toned down a little bit in the Steelers organization, but I doubt it. Like I said, I think Ben Roethlisberger is not going anywhere anytime soon. And um, the more people accept that, the better it'll be. Not saying that you have to, but if the more people accept it, the more tighter the organization would be. Yeah, but I think if I'm the Steelers GM, you know, you go to Ben Roethlisberger and be like, look, you know, Le'Veon Bell is going, you know, AB is going to be going. You are the unquestioned leader, but maybe you need to lead slightly better. You don't have to put all, you know, people out on Front Street right on the camera, which he is known to do. He throws people under the bus all the time. Now, I think the one gripe that AB had was, if you're going to talk about someone's play, you know, to just come to them, you know, behind closed doors, come to the locker room. Hey, man, I thought you was a little flat on that route, you know, or maybe I didn't think you cut the right way you're supposed to be at. But Ben Ben, he'll sit there and, you know, write to the cameras, you know, talk about, you know, coaches, talk about players, play, write to the cameras. It won't go to the people when they're in the locker room and kind of, you know, talk to them that way. So that gets under people's skin. And if I'm the Steelers, I'll be like, hey, look, you need to – lead better you got us two championships but no one's you know but, but, but no one is not you know tradable or we're gonna matter of fact i believe in this draft they're gonna draft this replacement because eventually they're gonna have to move on and this whole big stuff with Le'Veon and ab it's a lot more going on under this you know under the covers than what people know I think by getting rid of Le'Veon Bell and especially AB, I think you quiet the chatter down for at least another season, unless things really go south. Like, come on, are you really think that they're going to draft a quarterback um, to end up being a replacement for Ben Roethlisberger? They're not going to draft someone in the first round, but I would not be surprised if anywhere between round three, between – Two and four, I wouldn't be surprised if they draft a QB to let them know, hey, look, man, you, <laughs> you know, if you, you know, you don't clean this up, you're going to be next. I don't know. I think that Roethlisberger is gold to the um to to the owner. I just like Peyton Manning. I mean, ain't Peyton. Just like Eli Manning is in New York. It's like Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay. Just like. All the other quarterbacks that have some type of Super Bowl wins under their belt, I don't think that they're going to go anywhere. They're favorites with the ownership at this point. So, oh, yeah. I'm not saying that they're going to draft someone to you know get them out next season, but I think they're going to start. This is probably has accelerated the process to beginning to transition from Ben Roethlisberger, maybe a draft or two before they probably really wanted to, because now they're like, all right. There's a lot going on here, and they need to get to the root of the problem. But but they have a QB. They drafted uh, Mason Rudolph out of Oklahoma State. He's only he's only um this will be his second year, second or third year in the league. Like I said, don't be surprised if they get somebody. 
<laughs> really to kind of just say, hey, look, Mason Rudolph might not be the answer, but this kid we think may be the answer. So I mean, but he hasn't had any burn to even determine if he is the answer. Hey, look, we have Giants have a lot of QBs, and they never got any burn to be the answer. They just never proven themselves enough to get any decent snaps. That is true. And, I mean, quarterbacks were talking that was on the Patriots. <laughs> never got any burn and left and got traded before, you know what I'm saying, even prove it. So Jimmy G got sent to sit to San Francisco was lighting it up before he got hurt. I mean, but yeah, but he still came in and played a few games when oh, especially when um when um he got suspended. Was suspended for the four games. Mm-hmm. And I think he led them to a two and two or three and one record. So I mean he had a little something. You know, but I mean I don't personally I don't think the Steelers are a waste of a pick this coming draft on the QB. Uh, just because, you know, a lot of people saying that the, the, the QBs in this draft isn't all that great. Um, but, yeah, I could see them maybe next, you know, the two or two uh, sweepstakes. Uh, not to say that the Steelers will ever be in a, in a position to get like a two only because he's still got Big Ben. You know, it's, he's going to guarantee them at least two to three wins just because of his play. So. But they got to clean up whatever leadership stuff you're going because within a matter of two seasons, you had your top running back and you had one of the top receivers in the game both leave and one openly critical of Ben Roethlisberger's leadership. So, I mean, yes, he has the cachet. Yes, he's good. But when you start dabbling with the culture, you know, of the locker room and you see big stars leave, I mean, it's you got to sit down and take a long Look at Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, I agree with you. I agree wholeheartedly. But I mean, but think about think about all the leeway. I mean, people tend to forget that this Joker um, had that charge against him somewhere down down south. But uh, old girl decided not to press charges. You know, so yeah, he's the, squeaky clean. <laughs> yeah, and the Super Bowl after that cleared everybody's memory and made him get amnesia about that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So I'm just saying, like, it's obvious that I'm not saying that what he did down south is the type of person that he is, but obviously he thinks he's above the law, I guess, a little bit, and especially when it comes to football, term, you know, football situation. So I'm not doubting what AB said was wrong, but you ain't gonna see Ben Roethlisberger sit there and try to openly deny it either, because. No. Then he, then this, where this, all the speculation is going to start coming into play. Yeah, that's definitely true. All the speculation is going to come into play, and it's just he's smart enough to know what he's doing. Bottom line, and he's still with the, and he still, you know, has the ownership in the back pocket, and that's alone would be enough for him to say, you know what, you know, this is where we we stand with me here. You know, leading or quote unquote leading the team. So I got the ownership, you know, right behind me. You know, got you know, he's behind me 100. percent So I'm gonna do what I can, to, and I've proven it with a Super Bowl championship anyway. So you know, I got that much stat uh, status over a lot of people that's in in, in the organization. Three, yeah. He's the leader. That's 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 the shoot. But like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him a quick, you know, talk over the offseason and be like, 
you need to lead a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, what I do? <laughs> Next thing you know, then you're gonna have you know Juju, you know, you know, you know, talking about some stuff and. No, no, I think Juju's gonna stick around because he wanna, he wanna eat it. So he, he trying to wait for that big Yeah, once, once him and once um James, um James Conley get those those big checks, then you'll see them start talking a little bit more. But I will say this: If Juju and James both started complaining the same, I mean the same as Le'Veon and, and Antonio, that should tell you something. Yeah, and they awfully quiet. Like I think somebody I was listening to the media pundits, and somebody said they reached out, they asked Juju if they heard from if he heard from AB, and he was like, "Nah, <laughs> he, he's trying to stay so far out of that loop. Like he don't want no part of that because you know, like you said, maybe because maybe what AB is holding weight." Like, he ain't trying to say nothing because he know he trying to get that paycheck. And if he open his mouth, he may not get paid. <laughs> yeah, you you ain't cost him a lot of money yet. I mean, this is your time. You next man up. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, the top, he the top man, so. He's like, I'm going to sit back and bite my tongue here for a minute because I know my paycheck is coming. So, switching gears, I know we've probably discussed this in previous podcasts uh, concerning uh, Mr. Uh, since we're talking about quarterbacks, uh, Kyler Murray uh, declaring for the NFL is his passion and is going to, you know, try to go play football. What is the likelihood that uh, Cliff Klingsbury, now his former coach at Texas Tech, now the head coach at Arizona, Arizona Cardinals, even though he's professing his love for Josh Rosen and he's not going to sit there and draft Kyler Murray, what is what do you believe are the odds that Kyler Murray ends up going number one overall to Arizona with the first pick? Or do you think Arizona's smart enough to believe there might be a team that's out there and allow them to trade up and they trade back to get additional picks? Hmm. Or 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 third, do you even think Kyler Murray is deserving of a number one overall? Hmm. Uh, I think the likelihood of the Cardinals picking him after they just picked Josh Rosen last year is probably under 40%. Um, he would definitely have to convince the ownership who just spent a first-round pick on Josh Rosen to now turn around and, and spend another pick, another first-round pick on a QB. And you already spent the first-round pick on a QB last season, and not to say that Josh Rosen wasn't bad, but you really don't know completely how good he's going to be. So I think they might be that would be um, prisoner of the moment type move they were to do that, in my opinion. Now, they could easily trade it away and get a haul because there's probably a lot of people that's going to move up to number one, but I don't know if those people that want to move up to number one might actually want to pick Kyler Murray as the first round, the first pick they might want to pick Dwayne Haskins but I don't know I'm not I'm not sold on either one of them to be perfectly honest um I still leery about big 10 QB so if I had to pick someone that I'm, I might be a little bit more partial to I'm a Giants fan and I'm I'm, I'm nervous that they're going to pick one or the other um probably Dwayne Haskins but I don't know if I'm the Cardinals either if you keep it you pick a defensive guy because they need defensive help or if you're going to trade it, 
you trade it and trade down a couple of spots and get a and get a shit and get a shitload haul for it. But now that's going to mean that you're riding with Josh Rosen, you know, for, for the foreseeable future. Correct. I mean, me personally, I think they should pick. I mean, I will put it like this: I would be open to um, anybody out there that is looking for a QB, but I wouldn't go for the QB. Definitely look for a defensive end for them um, because that's one of the things that they need at this point. And why not go for somebody on a defensive end like a Nick Bosa, for this example? This draft yeah. with, the, with defensive guys. Exactly. Um, but I will say this, if the right team comes up and say, hey, we want that quarterback, hey, then, you know, by all means, they could play smart. So, I, to be honest, I don't think drafting a quarterback right now would be ideal for them. They need to see what they have in the quarterback that they have now and see the potential, what he can do. Um, so if I was up to them, I would look field offers to see what teams is out there looking for a quarterback and maybe offer something where they can trade down and get some future picks as well. Um, but either that or I just stay at the number one and get what I really need. And a quarterback right now is not what they need. Huh. Well, I think I was listening again to something, and they were saying that if you were to draft a Kyler Murray, you have to be in the mindset of you're going to adapt your offense to his strengths. So you're going to put it, put him in a situation where a lot of plays that he ran in Oklahoma are now going to be translated to the, you know, to whatever team that he's going to be going to in the NFL. Um, that being said, in all honesty, in my opinion, I still believe he should have stuck with baseball. Um, yeah, Manny, Manny got what, 300 for t- over a 10 year span? <laughs> right, right. I mean, granted, he's still got to have to make, work his way to a major league roster. But there's there's no doubt in my mind because he's just so he's just so talented and so gifted that he would have made it to you know major league roster within two to three years. And not saying that you know the five million dollars that he got would have uh, not sustained him because he still would have collected you know that was just a signing bonus. He still would have gotten his regular peanuts that he would have made being a minor league ball player, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year. So he damn sure he's starving. You know, he just can't have that lavish lifestyle that he may he may be able to achieve if he's in the NFL because he would have gotten that guaranteed contract, that guaranteed money up front in his first three, you know, first three to four years in the league. Are you trying to say he can't go out to the bay and start tricking off real money? <laughs> I mean he could. Yeah. Hey. Like we said, you know, 80% of all NFL players end up broke three years out of the league, so he could definitely try. <laughs> Wouldn't knock him. But, um, like, like, I agree with both of you. I don't think that Arizona should go out there and draft um, draft a Kyler Murray. I believe that if there is a team out there that's willing to reach that damn high because they saw what happened with Baker Mayfield and the success that he had in Cleveland, you know, and they believe that we could turn that Oklahoma quarterback and, and, and get the same results. But you also have to look at the fact that Cleveland, despite the record, had some damn nice offensive weapons around them. So if you don't got no weapons 
to go with the QB, then, you know, all you have is a pipe dream. So can I see a Jacksonville <laughs> possibly trying to do some crazy crap like that? Yeah, because they got weapons and they got a defense. Um, can I see – I don't know. But if, but if I were – if I were somebody, if I were Arizona and I truly believe that I want Colin Murray, I would trade a quarterback needy team, say in Jacksonville or Miami or somebody, I would trade Josh Rosen and some other things and some of the assets to then turn around and get Colin Murray. So I would trade – I wouldn't take Jackson. Say if I traded with Jacksonville, I wouldn't take Jacksonville's first round pick, but maybe I'll take their second and their fourth and another player for Josh Rosen. And I, I would still have my quarterback. I would still get some decent quality players in the second, in in the first and second round, and I would get my quarterback in the future. You know, that, that's what I would do. So let me see. So real quick. So you're saying that you, you know, even though you already you got Josh um, last year, so you are willing to give him up already after one year. He has the experience. One year experience in the NFL. You're willing to trade him and trade draft picks away for a, a rookie quarterback that has the potential to be more. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be trading any draft picks. I mean, you're turning around getting the first round. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're absolutely right. But what I'm saying is that you're going, you're, you're going to, after the first year of, of with Josh, you're going to trade him for uh, unknown potential in Kyla. If, if I if I'm if I'm the president, the owner, the GM, the coach, and I believe that he gives us the best opportunity to win, I mean. Yeah, but I would also be out there free agency, trying to get plenty of talent around, uh, plenty of talent around him. Because one, you're, you're again going into a rookie contract with a QB that you know you're not paying any real, any real money to, and that'll allow you to get some, some receivers. You already got uh, the running back over there, you know, and you got and you still have uh, what's the old boy, the wide receiver. So they're not lacking. They're not lacking a ton of talent, but I would have to make it so that you know I would get the necessary talent around him. Because if I'm gonna run with him, I gotta get. I gotta start looking at the talent that he had at Oklahoma and try to fit some sort of scheme and some sort of talent to make it seem some remnants, resemblance of what he had just last season. And I guess that'll depend on who comes a call in, and I guess you have to. Who comes to call and asking for a pick? Because anybody wants that first-round pick that's a quarterback needy, they're either going to be looking at Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray. So right now, trading trading away Rosen, you need to trade Rosen away to a quarterback needy team out there that wants them, still keeping your pick, but still be able to trade him away and then grab some other picks of the pieces around. So I'm like with Ace. I mean, if you're getting, if you're getting Kyler Murray, you know, at its size and you know, at its height and size and weight, you got to put the pieces around them like you had at Oklahoma or like how you said, Ace. Cleveland already had pieces there. You know, they just needed the right coach and the right quarterback to get everything to gel. 
and with Nick Chubb as well being drafted, that made everything just pop. Um, so, I, me personally, if I was the Cardinals, I don't see them doing it. I could see them trading down that pick and being able to get some assets to go around Josh Rosen, but to sit there and I don't know. It just because I guess you have to kind of wait after the combine and really see if Josh Rosen is that guy you think I'm gonna attach it. Because once you pick Josh, I mean Kyler Murray, and get rid of Josh Rosen, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta run with him, win, lose, or draw. I agree. I agree, and 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 it would be uh, it would be Clingsbury's job <laughs> based on it because one, they're gonna sit there and say, "Well, you you look, you know, this is your this is this was your QB in college, so you know who he is." You uh, you're aware of his attributes, so we're interesting in your your judgment in this particular situation. And if you can't win with him, then yeah, we're gonna have a problem. <laughs> but you know, his size definitely will have a, a, will be sort of a disadvantage, being that I think he's like five eight, five nine, or whatever. But um. In the same sense, you know, they were saying that he was in the, he stood in the pocket and completed ninety percent of his passes in the pocket. So I mean, Oklahoma had some some linemen between six four and six eight. So I mean, I guess he was able to see clean pockets. So I don't know. I guess it all depends. Yeah, I could see him. I can see him falling. I don't think the Giants are going to reach on him. I think the Giants are even skeptical about Dwayne Haskins at this point. Um, so I think they're real. They're, they're even more skeptical about Kyler Murray. Um, if the Cardinals don't pick him, I Jacksonville it, it might take him unless they find a way with um, Nick, Nick Foles, which I think there is still some discussion with that. Um, I thought Denver Broncos was going to do it until they made that ridiculous trade. <laughs> so the next land spot would probably be Miami. For Foles. No, for um, Kyler, um, Kyler Murray. Because uh, both of the teams up at that top are not in the need for QB. The Cardinals really aren't. San Francisco isn't. Jets just got Sam Darnold. Raiders maybe, but it all depends on whether they're bullish on card. That's who could probably – that's who might make things interesting if the, um, the Oakland Raiders pick Kyler Murray. Or if they pick Dwayne Haskins, if they pick Dwayne Haskins, and that's going to make the Giants do something real desperate. Yeah, but then is uh, Chucky willing to adapt his offense to fit Murray? And that's the – no. Well, he'll make it tricky if he drafts Dwayne Haskins. Because now you're going to put the Giants on the clock, and now the Giants are like, all right, are you going to willing to run that pick for Kyler Murray? And like I said – you're already skeptical on Dwayne Haskins and even more skeptical on Kyler Murray. So the Raiders are the wild card, and they have a lot of picks. Redskins, too. Yeah, I was about to say, Redskins definitely have a lot yeah, of picks right now, yeah, too. They, so. they need a QB. Yeah. But the Raiders got, what, three in the first round? <laughs> right. So right. They, have, right. they have the potential to really make things 
real interesting. I mean, they can they give up two of those picks and go up to the number one. That's true. That's that's a beautiful thing about the NFL draft. I mean, I I am intrigued this year just because of what, uh, especially with Oakland and what they have, and I think they're going to be doing some willing and dealing. So, and depending on the needs of certain teams, I could really see them making some moves. This is going to be a crazy draft, especially if somebody who's really desperate for a quarterback. Yeah, and there's some teams out there that are desperate. <laughs> I, think, I think the combine is really going to kind of tell the tale about who's going to really going to do what. Yeah, I agree. Well, fellas. Wait, before we before you do that, quick question, though. Since we are talking about NFL and QBs, um, now with the whole thing with Colin Kaepernick being, quote, unquote, done now, you think he will get signed to an NFL team? Nah. Uh, <laughs> okay. As much as I would love to see him back in the league, so much damage and so much. Obviously, for the NFL to want that to be a non-disclosure, they knew they were wrong. The owners were wrong. And from my understanding, you know, I shared that business journal where they believe it's anywhere between 50 and $80 million where he got paid. And it probably could have been a hell of a lot more if they wanted to fight it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because then the owners are going to look dumb. You know, you're going to pay the man 50, a minute, 50, or 8 million, 50 to $80 million and then turn around and he blows up. And then you're going to turn around and then pay the man like how the Eagles paid, you know, paid Vic. Once he showed himself, and he, I mean, granted, it was just all fluff. He didn't make $100 million. But the whole mere fact that you could sit there and throw a $100 million contract at this dude when you just turned around and paid him $80 million for two years to bitch, <laughs> they're going to look real stupid. So I don't see them going down that path. No. Um, they gave him that contract, and that's contract to, all right, go away. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. That was a keep quiet, go away. We know we're in the wrong. There's nothing written down for collusion, but they didn't want to start getting the owners up on that, um, up on that stand and start talking because you have no idea what the hell is going to get, you know, brought out in the light. So they they cut a check, then that's it. I agree with you. Al, what do you think? Me personally, I, I, I just asked the question because I heard that there were some teams interested, but I thought that it was just interested in quotes for a reason. Um, I really don't see them – I'll be shocked if he is gets if he does get signed by a team. Um, well, again, look at quarterback needy teams that can sit there and say, you know, if you want in on the league, we'll pay you a million dollars to come in to see what you got. You know, Jacksonville, Miami. Uh, no, but that, I, I get what you're saying, but that's not the teams that I'm hearing. Okay. I'm hearing teams like the Patriots. Uh, I can see the Patriots because they, I mean. But they got to lose. Exactly. And they tend to do well with players who, like, you know, not like he's been bad or anything like that, but he tends to do well. What other teams have you heard other than the Patriots? Um, I did hear about the Patriots. I heard, the, um, funny, I heard the Redskins was a definite no um, because of the association with the ownership and um, how that's linked with Colin Kaepernick. But I heard definitely the Patriots, and I think it was one more team, but I can't remember off the top of my head. 
something something to definitely keep my eye on, you know, eye out uh, in the coming weeks is to see what chatter I might hear about that. But I know we're coming up on time, but uh, just really quickly, NBA, LeBron has put himself in the playoff mode. The Lakers are in 10th. Do they make the playoffs? Do they squeak in at the eight seed? Yes or no? No. I say yes. I say I don't give a shit. <laughs> that too. I, they're, better off, they're better off with the seven seed, but they'll probably just get the. Now, I, 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 the West is too talented for me to see them. Um, and the way things are, their chemistry right now is all off. And until the chemistry, I get it with LeBron James, nothing is possible. But he's not in the East. He's in the West now. So it'd be, I think it's going to be a lot more difficult for him to make it to the AC solely by himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bye, humbug. Bye, humbug. Well, fellas, it's always a pleasure. Uh, nothing like getting together on a Wednesday night, even when there's snow on the ground, to discuss some sports. But let everybody out there in the, in the world know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on the gram and Snapchat and Twitter, um, J.E. Ross, the number seven. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Quarles. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Quarles. And shout out to Joe Harris of the Brooklyn Nets for winning the three-point um, contest. One up. Brooklyn! <laughs> you know, one money ball. And I'm, and I'm, gonna money ball. I'm not going to front. I, 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 I was pleasantly shocked to see that he won. I kind of stepped away for like 20 minutes. I came back. I was like, he won. <laughs> Trust me. If you know how, if, yeah, well, uh, me being a Brooklyn Nets fan, I knew he was going to be in the finals. So. Oh, so, he, he, such a cocky soul you are. <laughs> he, it up. he set the tone because he came out first, the first round. In, uh, right. Well, speaking of which, yes, you can find me on on Twitter at CatDaddy1963, CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. But real quick. How did you guys like the the, the new format for the uh, three-point contest? Now they allowed, I think it was uh, 10 players, 10 shooters, and the top three made it to the finals? How did you, how did you guys feel about that? I mean, did, did you care? I thought it was interesting. I mean, I, I really wasn't aware until they said it. I mean, you had to – uh, it could have been like that last year, and I wouldn't even pick it up. But right. I think they should make – the three-point contest now since the game is all three balls and that all-star game was a ridiculous amount of three balls. They should make that the last the last thing of the all-star night. And me personally, I think they should just change the dunk contest to be in-game dunks for the all-star game because those appear to be better than what the guys are doing in the contest. I'm just curious as how they – I'm sorry. I'm just curious as how they select the people to participate and like the dunk contest and all that. I, I, I'm just curious how they make that selection. Yeah, well, of course, they try to go for the A-list. And once the A-list say no, they try to go for the A-minus. They say no. Then the B-plus, they say no. The, B, the Bs, then the B-minuses. And then somewhere somewhere above C-plus, in between B-minus and C-plus, is when you get these guys you never even heard of come up here and start the dunk contest. And not that they're bad. It's just that they don't draw any – there's no name power. Yeah. Other than Daddy Swift Jr., it was better dunks in the um the world versus the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> like I said before, and I I'm I'm be honest with you, I'm tired of people asking about Giannis and asking for LeBron to dunk. Like they really need to get the dunkers that be on like Slam King or you know some of those unknown people that do that's 
makes a living doing dunking. Like um, the one that Shaq, Kenny, and all them host, like they should do bring those dunkers in to do the dunks because obviously they do it a lot better. That's just my opinion. Yeah, uh, and, and the people that can do the dunks on the very first attempt, not four or five attempts. <laughs> yeah. Ah, they yeah. still get a 50 on the 50, 50, uh, 50 attempt. I still couldn't understand that. <laughs> still couldn't understand that. When they gave him a 50, I was like, all right, yeah, this is not working. It's not working. Uh, all right, fellas. Yes. Thank you, everybody out there for, you know, supporting us out there in the podcast and uh, just showing us love. Again, if you have any questions, concerns, or just generally, you just want to say hi. You know, reach out to us. Uh, we, we we love to hear from you. So once again, this is Guys Talking Sports. And uh, everyone have a great night. God bless everyone. <laughs>